Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Growing Up is Overrated podcast. My name is T, and I'm here with my friend and co-host, Jen. As children, we believe everything should be fair. But as we grow older, we realize that just isn't the case. There are many aspects in life that we can't control, and it can lead to a sense of anxiety and helplessness. But how can we cope with this, and what do Jen and I do when faced with these situations? Now, into the podcast. Hello, Jen. How are you this week? Oh, I'm good. You know, just going through life, working, sleeping, eating. Yeah. Living living the adult life. Ooh. Nah, boo. boo. Living the adult pandemic life. <laughs> I'm a real. I, I only half lived adult life this week. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I did my, I did, I, um, you know, did interviews and stuff, but uh, I... I definitely felt like I I was very low energy, so I was like, I just need to give myself a break. And I'm going to terraform my whole island. Because... Nice. Why not? <laughs> because coping mechanisms. Um, yeah, seriously. Rebuilding my whole island, it's totally fine. We're, we're going to leave it at that so that we don't annoy everyone with Animal Crossing, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it, though. Like, this this week was... This week was rough. Like, yeah. um, and... I slept so much this week. Yeah, <laughs> I got so much sleep. Um, well, but yeah, it, rough times. It it hit me that um, I I'm pretty sure this week marks uh, one year of the World Health Organization declaring a worldwide pa- pandemic. <laughs> yes, um, and it is. So it's I think one year anniversary. <laughs> I think maybe that might have been a lot of it. Um, is just like, um. You know, just realizing, holy cow, I've been basically at home <laughs> for a year. Um, but yeah, I haven't left my state in a year. Oh my and I god, live in a yeah. small state. Yeah, I yeah I was um yeah I was gonna go to the East Coast and to the beach and everything. And as somebody who has grown up in a landlocked state, um, I was really looking forward to that, but you know it's okay. We're we're gonna be moving forward, um, and you know the pandemic really does um, does actually nicely go into <laughs> what we're um, kind of about to talk about. But um, you know, just we can't control everything that happens in our lives, right? And that's that's been a the pandemic has been a major eye opener for that for a lot of people and if not everyone. <laughs> um yeah. It's just it's amazing how much this situation has affected everybody's lives and there's nothing that you can do about it. Right. Um you can't you can't change anything. You just have to affect change your life. Right. But you can't make the world better. The world's just got to sort itself out. <laughs> Yeah, that's like, a, yeah, like a really high level thing of like, you can't do all the good that the world needs, but you, the world needs all the good that you can do. Um, mm-hmm. You know, whether that be uh, slightly reducing your plastic use or um, your carbon emissions in general, or 
you know, calling out racism when you see it. Um, just, you know, or, you know, giving a homeless person a blanket or something <laughs> like, you know, like any any little thing that you can do in the world. Um, like, and I think that's why community service is actually a really great way to um, kind of get over the sense of like. I can't control anything, <laughs> you know, like the, the world's getting away from me. But like when you start giving to other people um, and taking care of others, like it can really give you a sense of like, we're kind of all in this together. And um, the comforting sense that your life is actually quite small, <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. And when talking about life, I feel like when you were a kid, a lot of the media you consume drills into your head this idea of fairness. Yeah. You know, an eye for an eye. If you do good things, good things will happen to you. If you if you do bad things, bad things will happen to you. And you're in control. And we internalize that. And a lot of the time we we are friends with some some young people and I often see that reflected in their worldviews. And that's a wonderful view to have, you know, do yeah. good things. You always want to, you always want to be doing good things. Yeah. But just because you do good things doesn't necessarily mean good things will happen to you and things will work out. Yeah. That's just not the way that the world really works. And that's a harsh lesson to learn. Yeah. Like as you grow up, bad things happen to good people, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. you know, and good things happen to bad people, but um they're not really they're not necessarily correlated right like sometimes you no. do you do great things and you you get great payback for that but um other times that's just definitely not the case <laughs> yeah sometimes you put in a lot of effort and you do a lot of good and nothing comes out of it and you have to take satisfaction satisfaction in what you do right and not the reward that you supposedly get out of it and so it just involves dealing with things that you can't necessarily change as well. Because actions that you do, you have full control over, but you can't control everybody else. Right. Everybody else has their own brain and they do their own thing. Yeah. And you have yeah. to learn to deal with that. Yeah, that's a that's actually a really core concept in a lot of work that um, like psychologists and therapists will do with people who struggle with anxiety is focus on what you can control right like um you can't control how a family member is going to um react to you saying something right but you can control how you then in turn react to them it might be difficult mm -hmm. because <laughs> you have a lot of emotions to deal with but the more um, you can slow down and take the time to like really recognize um, what control you do have in the situation and what you can't change. I think the the smarter your interactions become when dealing with uh, conflict or just any sort of situation that like you feel is really going out of control, right? Because anxiety is a sense of loss of control, right? <laughs> So, um, yeah. Yeah. And again, this, this rolls back to like lessons that you're taught in shows, you know, he started it, mm. you know, like, um, <laughs> just because somebody starts something doesn't mean you have to finish it. <laughs> my, oh my gosh. My parents would say that all the time. Like he, I'd go, he, 
he started it and my parents would be like, well, I'm ending it. Or like, it doesn't mean you have to, <laughs> you have to, you know, do anything to it. Like just walk away. Cause my brothers would always poke at me and be like, you know, trying to, trying to get my goat, if you will. Um, and like the, they would always just say like, just walk away. <laughs> like they want the, they want the reaction. Just walk away. Mm -hmm. And that really works. It does. Um, and a lot of people don't like that because it feels like they're just taking a bunch of punches and they're not like punching back. Right. Um, but it really, it, that's the most effective is that you control you, mm -hmm. you can't control them. Yeah. Um, and, but like just dealing in general with like parents and family, you can't control who your family is. Correct. I mean, in some sense you can, like, I don't want to dismiss, um, found families and sure, sure, sure. Um, all that stuff. Like, like you can pick your family, but there are a lot of aspects about them that you just are out of your hands. You yeah, can't you control can't. how your mother reacts to things at the holidays. Right. Um, you can't, you can't control what grandpa says at the Thanksgiving table. That's embarrassing. Like mm. you, you, those are completely out of your hands. Yeah. Yeah. Like you are born into a situation. How, however that is, um, you know, either you're with your birth parents or you're, um, you know, in a different situation, um, you are given the family um, structure that you are. Um, and I think as you grow older, um, like, it's a very natural thing to see teens start to grow away from their inner circle family, <laughs> like their home family. And start to reach out more to friends and friends' families um, to mm. try to get kind of a more desired family situation in a sense. Like, for example, um, I call them my adopted family. <laughs> um, not that, you know, like I do, I do love my family, like my, my birth family, but um, there was a lot of turmoil that happened when I was, um, you know, a teen and so I knew that my best friend's house was going to be calm um and we were going to have productive conversations and I would find comfort and safety and all of those things right and certainty um and so in a sense I chose to spend more time with those people um which I think really positively impacted my development at that time. Um, and mm -hmm. so, like, that's that's why, even though it's so cliche, but, like, your friends are the family that you choose, right? Like, you can, mm -hmm. you can choose your friends. You can't necessarily choose when you meet them, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, like, like, I don't know. Like, once you, once you meet people who are just, like, they just fit and they get you, like that's your tribe like you pick them you pick them as your family like there's something so strong and special about that like um like i can i can just feel the <laughs> like um the happy tears kind of welling up like speaking about this but it's just that's a, that's a very special thing that you can control you know absolutely <laughs> And like, not to suddenly bring this down to a downer. No. Um. From from that, but 
yes, you can choose your friends, but those friends are still independent actors. Yes, they are. And sometimes, like, you think that you have this great relationship, you get you get each other, but something may happen in their mm. life, or maybe you change. Something changes. And relationships yeah. have a natural progression that you sometimes just cannot control. Yeah. And that means that it's out of your hands. You can mm-hmm. try to remain friends with people, you know, always be kind, always reach out, um, just be there for the other person. Mm-hmm. But if they decide that they that it's over, then it's over. And yeah. don't you can't dwell on that too hard because mm-hmm. you have to be like, okay, this was a great relationship that I had, but it's over now and I need to move on and I can't yeah. wish for it to come back. Yeah, I've heard... And I've that's heard just of, hard. It is hard. I've, I've heard a lot of people um, talk about how just because a friendship might turn toxic or it might um, just, you know, not be working out anymore, you grow different ways or whatever, maybe, like, it doesn't mean that there's necessarily something wrong with you or them, right? Like, you don't need to demonize anybody in the relationship. Um, but there is a sense of, um, like, you, I forgot what I was saying. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, I'll jump in here. Um, yeah, relationships can turn ugly, like, like you said, um, I had a particularly bad relationship with a roommate in college and I dwelled on that for months. Mm. Like it basically effed up my brain for the whole second semester of sophomore year. Yeah. Um, Cause she just up and left in January, like left school and moved back home. Uh, And it, and it just like, I kept thinking like, was it my fault? You know, could I have done something differently you know, was I actually a nice person? You know, all those things. And, like, looking mm-hmm. back and I'm like, like, why did I spend so much time worrying about this? Like, it mm-hmm. was over. It was done. Like, yeah. she was clearly wasn't going to be my friend anymore. Yeah. And like, she has, she was totally within her rights to leave right. and go back home. And I couldn't, I shouldn't have let it bother me as much as I did. I mean, it yeah. was a, it was a year and a half of friendship investment um, that was down the tubes. But um it just like, looking back i'm like that was a really dumb way to spend my time i couldn't control what what happened there yeah and the relationship just fell apart well that's it happens <laughs> yeah like that that's that reminds me of something that you you say sometimes um is like just because um you've you've put this much time into a relationship doesn't mean that that was wasted time like it's um you know, it's an inv- it's a it's an investment that sometimes you just have to cut your losses, um, mm-hmm. and you know, not every relationship is going to become a lifelong relationship. Like there, there are, sometimes are just finite times in which that person is meant to be in your life, and you're meant to be in their life, and then you no longer like you you finished what you guys needed out of each other and then you know you move on and that sounds a little transactional but it's actually 
I don't know. It's, it's, it is and it isn't. It is transactional. <laughs> like, it is. Um, but you know like... why it's transactional? Because I heard that piece of advice on an economy podcast. I love it. But it really it. stuck yes. with me. Yes. Um, but, you know. I heard about that on Planet Money from NPR. <laughs> great podcast. Um, but it was, it's just, it was a great piece of advice because so many people get wrapped up in that. Especially with romantic relationships. Yeah. Where people are like, we've been together for seven years. It's like, okay. It doesn't matter yeah. how long you've been together with this person. If it's not working right now, then it's not working. <laughs> and, yeah. and it doesn't matter if you met them last week or if you met them seven years ago. Right. Like, it's not working. Right. And the relationship needs to end and you need to cut cut your losses. Right. Um, that's called a sunk cost for my economy nerds <laughs> out there. It's a sunk cost all that time that you've put in. <laughs> it's already <Yeah>. over. <laughs> you yeah. can't get it back. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, like, I don't know. It's. It's okay, you know, and it doesn't, I think that's what I was trying to get at earlier was um, you, just because it was a toxic situation at the end or it, um, it didn't work out forever doesn't mean that there's necessarily something wrong with you or with them. And you really, um, sometimes it does mean there's some self-reflection to happen, right? But mm-hmm. other times it's just the natural course of life. And relationships and they're ebbing and flowing and like I always like to think of life as the ocean um like you're a seashell on the (laughs) coast (laughs) and sometimes the tide is higher and you're you feel like feel like you're drowning or you know like you you kind of just have to take each wave of life as it comes to you And the more I embrace this mentality, the more accepting I become of my changing circumstances. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, obviously I don't know what it's like to live in any other era except for right now um, where there is constant change. Like, I don't know, you know, if humans have always really dealt with as much change as we are right now, if that makes sense. But Mm -hmm. we are constantly, especially as millennials, dealing with so much change. And in our 20s, in our early adulthood, we are just bombarded with constant changes. Um, And it's hard to feel like you have any sense of control of what's happening. Like you, you feel like you're just being absolutely knocked over (laughs) on like constantly by the waves. (laughs) Yes, I feel that entirely. Um, just all the all the change that there are. Like right now, I've started this new job, and I feel like I am hitting my quarter life crisis early. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna be <laughs> I'm gonna be real with you. Quarter life crisis happens continuously between twenty two and upwards of twenty eight. <laughs> oh, great, fantastic! Um, but I feel like I am on this precipice of looking out at the rest of my life. And being like, oh my goodness, like I'm going to spend like 80% of my time working for like the next like 50 years, <laughs> 40 maybe, if I'm, like if I'm being like more generous, like and that like gives me so much anxiety. I'm like, I have no control over my life and what I'm doing with it and where I'm going. It just, it feels like it is all out of my hands at the moment. And that's not entirely true. No, it's not. Like, I do I do have control over, over my life. But in terms of, like, the overall structure of life, you know, working, paying rent, 
buying a house, you know, all those things. It feels very like I'm on this railroad tracks and I'm moving forward and I don't know how to get off the railroad. <laughs> I don't oh. know if I want to be here anymore. <laughs> you know, like that kind of that kind yeah. of mentality. My my dad and I call that the conveyor belt of life. Um and it's That's a good word. It's essentially um like if you think of yourself as like a little toy, like a little doll on a manufacturing conveyor belt. <laughs> um you know, like their society's expectations of you says, "All right, um you're now at this point in production at at age 23, you're going to um get your first job." <laughs> you're you know and then you're here you are in um stage 24 you're gonna get married and then here at stage 25 you're gonna buy a house and have a kid and you know and so it's just like like if you think of your ages as those are your your benchmarks that society tells you you have to do this by this age or you're just a loser um and none of that's true um, but getting wrapped up in that and trying to keep up with that gives you a sense of loss of control in life, right? So, like, you, mm -hmm. like, the older I get and the more I recognize this, the more I need, I feel the need to reject it. Um, even though a lot of those things are things that I want, right? Like, I, you know, I want a family, I want marriage and all of that traditional stuff, but I also, um, you know, recognize that i can't put that pressure on myself because my life is going to go at the pace that it's going to go and so there's this it's a very youthful mindset to be like go 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 push um try to grow up as fast as you can but what's the rush like you're rushing and the end is you know not to be like super morbid but it's death <laughs> so why are you rushing to try to get everything as fast as you can. It's not life is not a speed run. Not to be meta, but growing up is overrated. <laughs> <laughs> she said the thing. <laughs> I said the thing. <laughs> but you know, it's just it it's the sense of you get this from a very young age where you're going, I need to um I need to push forward. I um I need to go to college. I need to go to high school. I need to, I went backwards with that, but you know, and <laughs> like, <laughs> you, you know, you're like, you're just like, what's the next step? What's the next step? And then you get in this destination chasing, which is mm -hmm. so toxic. And you and I both struggle with this. Um, oh, but I, I feel this. like I hate this so much. I'm further along on my journey to reject it <laughs> than you are. But like, um, but that's just because I'm older than you, but <laughs> like, um, it's, well, it's hard to like my personal. So like my, my personal struggle with destination chasing is that I struggle between destination chasing and goal setting. Cause I want to have goals in my life. Sure. But I don't want to feel like I'm ch constantly chasing something that I never actually achieve. Yeah. You know, like once I get a goal and then I suddenly start racing towards the next one, um that that's what i struggle with because right. i do have things that i want to do in my life yeah um but like how to get there without right. constantly feeling pressure to push myself there all the time mm -hmm. is what's hard right yeah i've had um i've had a lot of like little stints of time where i've focused on this 
and and done really well and felt really great about it but it's it's hard to implement constantly but my my greatest bit of advice for um recovery from destination chasing and like with that relationship with goal setting right like it's great to have goals and dreams right aspirations Mm -hmm. however you don't want to be constantly just saying that big goal right you want to you want to enjoy the path to the goal because once you get that goal it's so it's satisfying but it's not as satisfying as like you getting the work done every day today right so the more you can focus on what you're doing in the moment and this is where mindfulness training comes into play um and micro goal setting so what are you going to do today what little thing can you do today to add to your progress you know i'm adding a penny to my piggy bank of (laughs) you know um of my eventual dream to have this like you um you know so maybe you're trying to do strength training um so you make a big goal of i want to enter a competition for you know lifting heavy weights <laughs> you know and <laughs> okay so, sure i don't know i it's not a great example i guess but um you know so or, i get i get you oh meaning, here though. you're okay how about this one you're writing a you're writing a book you want to write a book you want to publish it so every day instead of saying i'm gonna write this book dang it then you just say i'm gonna write a page or i'm gonna come up with a character to you know or like you know, mm-hmm. just something smaller um, and and making it a small attainable goal daily and enjoying your daily routine in that is way more beneficial to you than just saying, oh, my than gosh, I need, to, I need the deadline. Yeah. Um, like doing doing little things like that is way better for your brain than constantly chasing after the golden carrot. Yes, that is, <laughs> that's good advice, and I should stick to that. Because, like, my next big, big, big goal is moving out. Yes. <laughs> I, um, that, is, that is my, that is the thing that I want to be doing. And I should start splitting that into smaller goals um, to try to achieve it. Yeah, so that's Or like, feel like I am achieving it. That's, you know, looking, looking for apartments, um... You know, oh, my favorite thing. Yeah, <laughs> actually talking <laughs> to you know agents. <laughs> um, oh, not my favorite thing. <laughs> uh, you know, like, uh, you know, budgeting your your furniture. Um, yeah, you know, like making budgets and stuff. Like these are all little things we can do today, right, to go towards that next goal. Um, but really taking time to relish what you're doing in the moment really helps with that feeling of like things are getting away from me <laughs> yes thing like things are getting away from me is just like so such an easy trap to fall into like if we're even like extending this to just think about societal norms you know like things that people do all the time uh-huh. that you can't control you can't control what other people think about you yeah like you can't control what you're expected to do what you're expected to say what you're expected to look like like 
those things you can't deal with, but you can deal with you. You can do those things however you want to do them. Mm-hmm. As long as you're not hurting other people. Just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no infringing on other people's rights. <laughs> <laughs> not allowed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, you definitely, you can't control, you know, beauty standards or um, what people expect of you. But you can change what you expect of yourself. Um, and, you know... You and I, again, are also, we are both people who, who um, are really hard on ourselves. Um, and that is something we're both working on, but it's, it, it's really challenging because it, it can be a really great, like, pusher, but it can also be a, det- a detrimental thing. Like, it can be both a positive attribute and a negative attribute. Um, mm-hmm. you know, kind of that perfectionist high, thing. Yeah, when you have such high expectations of yourself, you do good things. Right. But you also feel awful when you're not doing good things. Yeah. Or when you feel like you could be doing better. And somehow every single little thing that you're not doing right is a gigantic failure. Right. And, and you know, it's, so it's catastrophizing something that's that doesn't need to be catastrophized. Um you know mm-hmm. like feeling bad for for taking time off to really focus on my mental health that's really hard for me but i know that i need to do it um and so mm-hmm. taking care of myself is just as much of a um you know an accomplishment uh i'm try- you know i've been trying to reframe it more as an accomplishment instead of saying like oh my gosh you're being so lazy like I remember one time my senior year of college, I um I was so stressed out. I had so much work to do, but I like could not for the life of me focus. And so I like grabbed something from the cafe and I sat on like there's these little like cylindrical button rocks <laughs> things. Um mm-hmm. and we and I just sat on it and like watched the birds and watched people while I was eating. And I just felt everybody saying, like, in my mind, they were saying in their heads, like, oh, my gosh, that girl should be working. Like, what is she doing just sitting there? Like, she's literally doing nothing. What a psychopath. She's not even looking at her phone. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> like, and so that's just anxiety brain going, oh, my gosh, like, you need to be doing something. Why aren't you doing something right now? Um, and mm-hmm. everybody's everybody's looking at you and, like, you're so important. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's... that's the other thing is, like. Like, when you feel like you have no control, sometimes you put, and you have expectations of yourself, sometimes you put those expectations on others. Mm-hmm. And you read into what they think about you. Mm-hmm. When when that might not even be what they're thinking. Right. Like, like I was talking to you about this yesterday when I was, like, reading an email at work. Mm-hmm. And I read it in, like, a tone that sounded like they were upset with me. Right. But then, like, you're like, read it again. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I read it again, and I was like, oh, yeah, like, if, if I don't add on the tone on top of this email, like, it just sounds like an email. Right. It's just business. It it's just a transaction. Yeah. They're just... Yeah, you know. it doesn't sound like they're criticizing me, in, unless I make it sound like they're criticizing me in my head. Right. Uh, and, you know, so what if they are? Like, you're doing what you can, and you can't control... <laughs> um you know what their opinion of 
you is. You can just do your best. And if your best isn't good enough for them, then what? whatever. They need you. So they, they can, can shut me. up. <laughs> yeah. Like, whatever. <laughs> like, you know, then it's not a good match. Like, you know, and just yeah. in the end, I think it's really just important to take things into perspective and really um, accept what you can and can't control. Um, and and work with what you can work with what you can and right. use what you work use what you can control to make your life better right like um even little things like i mentioned that i've been getting a lot of sleep which is true because i've been stressed and work makes me sleepy but you need but, it but like yeah i decided like to sleep more yeah um i decided to go to bed earlier even though i like staying up in the evening and talking with friends and doing fun <laughs> things like i decided that it is better for my health to get more sleep right and your sanity honestly (laughs) 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 but it's just like you have to take the decisions that you can make to make your life better right i was like okay i am tired at work and it's very stressful for me what can i do to make that better i can sleep i can make sure that i have enough rest to actually take on the day and not be worried about getting enough sleep right simple changes yeah, simple changes, baby steps, like, that's always my, my biggest advice for pretty much everything. Like, my, I've, I've stuck by my senior quote from high school for my entire life since then, like, that balance is the key to everything, right? Like, if you're, if you're struggling with something, you're not balanced. <laughs> like, you need to, you've gone one way or the other too far on the, on the balance beam, or on the, balance beam no on the teeter-totter i don't know the balance the ways and balances <laughs> you know the like you've, you've, yeah the, the weighing thing you've you've gotten too far one one way or the other and scale scale oh my god anyway <laughs> <laughs> but you've gone one way too far right you're if you're sleeping all the time and you're 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 depressed you know maybe you need to take some baby steps towards um you know, getting that figured out so that you can, like, you know, maybe actually get dressed that day and take a shower or, you know, like, whatever that baby step is for you to go more towards um, living the life that you want. Like, that's mm-hmm. great. But if you're also on the other end of that spectrum where you're constantly doing everything and you're always amped up and you're always anxious and stressed, you you need to make yourself take a break. <laughs> you know seriously Um, so um yeah yeah so i think that just about wraps up our conversation so why don't we move into our silver linings segment this week so t what have you been up to this week that has been making you happy well um on the topic of mindfulness i um have been putting extra care into my plants this week um, I've been kind of haphazardly taking care of them for a few weeks, like just keeping them alive, um, and not really doing everything I need to do to make them thrive. So, um, this week I really focused on giving them all the care that they need so that when spring is truly in, in session here and we're not buried under two feet of snow, three feet of snow, <laughs> um, <laughs> It, it literally just started. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, then 
they're gonna be really happy with me and they're gonna bloom and be really pretty. I don't know, it just, I never thought that taking care of plants would give me as much joy as it does, but it really, it really zens me out and um, makes me mm -hmm. just feel really happy, you know? Yeah, um, like taking care of living things like that can really like bring, bring a joy because you put in effort and you see the effort yeah. back. Yeah, so very what, rewarding. What's making you happy this week, Jen? <laughs> well, I have had a very, very stressful week, as I have mentioned. So one thing that I've been doing is I've been rewatching childhood cartoons because I love my myself a good cartoon. And sometimes it's really fun to go back to simplified storylines, good guys versus bad guys, and not have it be too complicated. Mm -hmm. Nostalgia is really good medicine, I think. Yeah, I might I might indulge a little too much in that <laughs> medicine, but... <laughs> That's okay. But it is... It is very nice um, and rewarding, and I do... I am having a lot of fun, so... Good. Fun's good. Fun is, fun is good. Fun and is I good. Approve. Yes. Yeah. So, thanks for listening to this week's episode. You can find new episodes every other Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to follow us on Twitter and Instagram, we can be found at at guio.pod. Please subscribe and leave us a review. It really helps us out. We hope you'll continue to listen to us, talk about our lives, and hopefully learn something about yourself too. And remember, growing up is overrated. <laughs>